Welcome to the Unbiased Fanboys Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Thomas. And we love to talk tech and all things Google. Yeah, and not only Google, we want to give you our unbiased points of views on all things tech-related, from computers and phones to smart home tech. In this podcast, we hope to be able to share our passion for all our favorite things in tech with you. But we won't shy away from bringing you the unbiased truth. If we hate something, you'll be the first to know. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms, as well as social media, at The Fanboy Pod. Our website is unbiasedfanboys.com. Now let's get into the show. Welcome to the Unbiased Fanboys Podcast. I'm Adam, and I am joined today with my other more esteemed, more knowledgeable co-host, Mr. Thomas Eduardo Martina. That is me, but also not my middle or last name. You're not wrong, but I just wanted to throw those in there. Yeah, keep it anonymous. Well, we've got a doozy for you because we're going to talk about the phone that really kind of just really just upset Mr. Thomas Eduardo Martina. But to kind of get us started, Tom's going to start us off with a few articles. We're just going to kind of touch briefly on those and then maybe talk about them a little bit more in depth. Yeah, I got a couple quick fire ones off the top. First one is that Google Maps is back on Apple Watch now. Was not on Apple Watch for quite a while, but it's back now. Apparently, is its own kind of standalone app. So that's cool if you have an Apple Watch, but also like Google, the weird oxymoronic situation that is. Also, NVIDIA is going to be showing off its next generation graphics cards on September 1st. They're teasing 21 years, 21 days away. Uh, they're indicating that 21 is an important number, so it'll probably be a 2100 series graphics cards. So if you're into PC gaming, that's that's big news. Xiaomi's got something that's really just going to make those old Galaxy that caught on fire <laughs> like a thing of the past. And in that's because they're going to be coming with 120 watt fast charging yeah. and 50 something wireless charging, which, you know, is great if you enjoy blowing up your phones. Yeah, I don't see how that couldn't catch on fire because yeah. the, the Note 7, yeah, had probably standard 15 watt or 20 watt or 30 watt charging. Uh, 30 watt charging is something to brag about nowadays. So 120 watt charging. Mm-hmm. They're claiming it can go from zero to 100% in 40 minutes. It can go to 40%. Oh, no, it was zero to 100% in 23 minutes. Sorry, I misread that. And it can go from zero to 40% in like five minutes, which is insane. And you can get a full charge in 40 minutes off of wireless charging with their 50-watt wireless charging, which is faster than my phone can charge by a cable. It's insane. If if it doesn't catch on fire, that, that's an incredibly impressive phone. I just don't see how it's going to be like realistically safe and possible. Yeah. I mean, they might just have more lax safety standards over there. Uh, it'll only be available in China. It has similar camera setups to modern day smartphones. It's like four cameras. It has 120 times hybrid zoom. It has a Snapdragon 865. Its battery is 4,500 milliamps, which is respectable, especially given it's fast charging. 120 hertz OLED. So it it looks like a a decent phone if you live in China. It'll be available for the US equivalent of about $760. August 16th is when it'll be available, mainland China. Well, the other thing is like Google is has started to roll out a slew of new Android features. And a lot of these, some of them are even coming to Android Auto, which is big for me because I use Android Auto every time I drive my car. Yeah. And a lot of these are features that used to be Pixel exclusive, but now are available for all Android phones, Android 6 and above. So you mentioned um, in Android Auto, there's a few updates. So 
it will allow for an interface to show alongside directions. So you can see things like calendar appointments while also seeing your directions. And next to calendar appointments that are associated with contacts, it'll add a phone button. So you can call the person associated with that calendar event without having to go any deeper in menus. That is nice. That is really nice, especially in a car when you're trying to minimize interactions with it. Mm -hmm. They're also adding bedtime mode, which previously was only available on Pixel phones. It allows you, it's kind of a, a just fancy version of do not disturb. Yeah. But it'll block notifications from even showing on your always on display or on your lock screen during sleep times. It'll also track your interactions with your phone during your set sleep periods so you can monitor how well you're doing it at not using your phone when you're supposed to be sleeping. They are expanding Android's emergency location services that can provide personnel with your device's language setting. So it can allow first responders to potentially communicate with you a bit better if you speak a different language. And they're partnering with some geological partners to both send out improved notifications or emergency notifications for earthquakes that have happened and even using Android phones sensors to detect earthquakes. That is pretty cool. Yeah, and they can get a rough idea of where an earthquake is happening just based on device or info from your Android phone, which is, yeah, really cool. They're using phones as kind of a network to find new information. Well, speaking of uh, new pixels, the rumor out there, according to Droid Life is, and a few other sources, is that the Google Pixel team is trying to come out with or at least experiment with a foldable pixel. So again, that's just speculation at this point. So we're not really going to dive into that. But either way, that would be pretty cool. I don't really see myself using it based off of where we currently are. But who knows? So with that being said, you want to segue into the new segue? Well, you know what doesn't fold? What's that? The the glass bottles that Shiner Bach is, is packaged in. I mean, but the box that they came uh, in folds. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Well, that, that's our beer for this week. Last week, we talked about Cooper's, which was an Aussie beer Adam recommended. This week, we're talking about Shiner Bock, which is from a city in Shiner, Texas. The brewery is Spetzel, Spetzel, probably Spetzel. Your German is just terrible. Yeah, I, I'm not from Germany. That makes two of us. Yeah. But anyway, Shiner Bock has been on my radar for a while. Uh, I really like their beer. That brewery has a couple beers that I really like, but it's hard to find anything other than their Bock. But it's a it tends towards a bit darker of a beer. Yeah, it's it's darker, but it's still like I don't typically like dark beers, but I enjoy this one. I mean, I drank it a few times in yeah. college and I always like drink it at like this really shitty bar. Eric, my buddy, if you're listening, sorry, but that was a really shitty bar. They've since closed down, but it was just nasty and disgusting. But it was not necessarily a local legend, but it was like borderline. Anyway, that was what I would drink there most of the time because they had like PBR and I don't like PBR and like a few other ones. And so, but this one always was like a darker beer that I enjoyed. Yeah, as far as darker beers go, it's very easy to drink. A lot of darker beers, their their flaw is that they're really dense and heavy in it. You're talking about me? Well, not just you. Oh, okay. They're really dense and heavy. They're very kind of they're sipping beers and and they're an acquired taste and i've gotten into darker beers a little bit but yeah i have to be in the mood for it whereas this it's it has a few of those flavors i guess kind of multi-tones or whatever the terminology would be but it's still a very easy to drink beer i find it very delicious i mean i do too i i you know i haven't seen it in a long time really yeah it's, it's a good beer i enjoy it how did you like 
were you have you drank this before yeah. or was it something you kind of like went to the cashier and was like hey what's a good recommendation yeah i've had it before i can't remember when i first had it but i i know that i've had it many times since i first had it i know that my mom has cooked chili with it before maybe that's when i first had it she had made chili with it and then i just had one of the leftover cans but yeah however i first uh, found it i i've drank it a lot since then it's been one of my less frequent go-tos but i every every time i think about it I'm like oh i need to get some of that it's been a bit I, I really like it no it's a good choice i mean i wouldn't say that it's really like a, like the ultra choice that you could make you know what i'm saying kind of like the new samsung note you know mm-hmm. yep i don't know i don't really like this device the the new note 20 i kind of feel like if you would have waited Instead of getting the S20 Ultra, you could have got this and been a little bit more happier. Overall, is it a good device? Absolutely. Is it a flagship device? Absolutely. Do they outprice Apple? Unfortunately. Yeah. And see, I think that's kind of telling because for so long, the Note series of phones has been the absolute king of hardware, right? Like if the, the top tier, I mean, the, the Note, the Note phones always gave you the highest specs they could in every single part of the spec sheet, right? I mean, you would go to the Note phone if you wanted the absolute monster of hardware for any given year. And it came out towards the end of the year. So it was always able to best everything else that came out before it. And yet this year, for whatever reason, that trend has changed. And no longer do we have a situation where the Note phone is unequivocally the better phone if you can afford it. It's now actually slightly cheaper than the best Galaxy, and it kind of trades blows depending on what your personal preference is. So it's not really the same as it used to be. It's not that absolute monster that it used to be. Now, it is still a monster. Specifically, I'm referring, of course, to the Note 20 Ultra. The Note 20, depending on what you've read about it already, you might already know that it's very expensive for what you're getting, and it makes a dramatic amount of compromises for how little of a price difference there is. But the Note 20 Ultra is actually not objectively better than the S20 Ultra. And it, it just comes down to personal preference, which is uncharacteristic of the Note line. You mentioned that they were kind of trading blows. I mean, like not only are they trading blows between the two Note 20 devices, but they're also trading blows between the Galaxy devices. Because, for example, you know, like the, what do you get? 90 hertz on yours on the S20 Ultra? It's 120. Oh, it's 120. Yeah. But what is it? You can't have 120 hertz with like 1080 or 4K, right? Right. So on the S20 Ultra, you can only, you have to pick between 120 hertz or, or 1440p. You can't have both. Right. And so with the uh, with the Note 20, it's adaptive. Mm-hmm. So you kind of really don't get it there, but it's still potentially better than one or the other. Well, with the Note 20, though, you still have to pick 1080p if you want the adaptive refresh rate. Either way, so they're just shooting themselves in the foot either Right. Way. See, that that's what makes no sense to me. They just give you the bling and make you think you're getting greatness when really you're getting like mediocrity. Right. Well, before we get too deep in talking about these comparisons, let's go over the actual specs. So let's start with the Note 20. For the processor, you're getting a Snapdragon 865 Plus or a Xenos 990, depending on your market. And that's actually the same for both. The Note 20 and the Note 20 Ultra have the same processors. But that's where the similarities end. On the screen for the Note 20, you get a 6.7-inch 1080p OLED that's only 60 hertz. No 120 hertz option, just 60. You have 8 gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage. This is what's available at launch. You have a 4300 milliamp hour battery. You have your S Pen with a 26 millisecond latency. 
And then you've got a quad camera setup. You've got a 12 megapixel main camera, a 64 megapixel telephoto camera, a 12 megapixel ultra wide, and a 10 megapixel selfie. So those are your cameras for the Note 20. For the Note 20 Ultra, you get the same processor, but then you get a 6.9 inch 1440p OLED that can do 120 hertz adaptive if at 1080p. It has 12 gigs of RAM, 128 or 512 gigs of storage, a 4500 milliamp hour battery, a slightly faster 9 millisecond latency S Pen, and then similar cameras to the Note or the S20 Ultra with some differences. It has the same 108 megapixel wide angle main camera, but it only has a 12 megapixel periscope tele, whereas the Note, the S20 has 64 megapixel or 48 megapixel. The camera for the ultra wide is 12 megapixel and the selfies also 10 megapixel. So those are the specs. And I know that that's a lot, but we can talk about those specifically. I mean, I feel like like some of those specs, no one's really going to notice a difference. Right. Whether it's the latency on the S Pen, which for those of you who don't yeah. know what latency is, it's basically when I go to draw something using a tablet and I put the, the, the stylus on the screen and I draw a line, the latency is how long it takes for the signal to get from the from the stylus to the computer and onto the screen. Yeah, it's still lag, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right in that a lot of those differences won't be noticeable to a lot of people. But that issue arises when you start comparing the Note 20 to even cheaper phones. Because, for example, a 1080p 60 hertz screen. I'm getting on my fucking Google Pixel 4a. Exactly. 128 gigs of storage you're getting on my Google Pixel 4a for $350. Right. It, see, that's the note. It, we didn't even talk about prices. The Note 20 is $1,000, mm-hmm. which puts it up in there with top tier flagship phones. Right. But like the Note 20 Ultra is still less than what you paid for the S20 Ultra. Right. So, yeah, I'm confused by Samsung's approach here because they're competing heavily within their own product lines and they're really struggling to compete with other phones product lines so let's start with the note 20 let's focus there um, we've already gone over the specs but let's consider its closest rivalry within their own product line the s20 right so you you have a choice between the note 20 and the s20 they're both the same price retail for a thousand dollars although the s20 goes on sale a lot but with the s20 you get a similar processor. It's the Snapdragon 865, not the Plus, but that's about a 10% performance difference. I mean, that's still significant, though. It's something, right? If you're a performance enthusiast, that will make a difference. But if you're a performance enthusiast, there's other reasons to go with the S20 over the the Note 20. For example, the S20 has a 1440p OLED that can also do 120Hz at 1080p, whereas the Note 20 has no option for 1440p or 120Hz. Mm right? Uh, You get only 8 gigs of RAM on the Note 20. You get 12 on the S20. They both have the same storage. They both have similar batteries and they both have identical camera setups. Do you think maybe that they're just kind of like trying to get out of this in a way? Like let's purposefully underperform and let's fade it out? I don't think they're trying to fade out the Note line. I think if anything, they're just trying to upsell you to the Note Ultra because there's no compelling reason to buy the regular Note. Right. Exactly. That just kind of works into my point like oh, the question right. yeah yeah so i definitely think that they either had no idea what they were doing when they designed the note or they intentionally made it underperform so that they would make the note 20 ultra more compelling which is unfortunate because there was room for there to be a compelling base note phone but they just made all the wrong compromises in my opinion you even get a smaller battery on the note than you do the ultra 
Yeah, when you're comparing the alt, the Note Ultra to the the S20 Ultra, the battery difference there's actually a bigger battery on the S20. On the topic of the the regular Note 20 versus S20, the other thing to note is that that 10% faster processor that's only in America because that's that's the only market where you have the 865 Plus versus the 865. In every other market, they ship with the exact same Xenos 990 processor, so there's no performance difference anywhere other than America you're getting a slightly larger battery and you're getting a pen. But in order to get that, you have to sacrifice on RAM, you have to sacrifice on screen, and you have to sacrifice on build quality because the Note 20 has a plastic back. But they, but the Note 20 can still do wireless charging, right? Yeah, it can still do wireless charging. But charge. it's a plastic back. Yeah. So it's, but unlike you know older Samsung phones that had plastic backs with a functional purpose, you, you could snap them off and replace the battery and stuff. There's no functional reason for the plastic back on this. Hmm. It just feels cheaper and it makes it a little bit lighter if that's important to you. I mean, I guess when you got to keep things under $1,500. But then when you start considering other phones you can get for $1,000, you, know, you have other phones that we've talked about. Unfortunately, the iPhone is actually still cheaper. Right. And it's got, I believe, a better camera. Oh, yeah. Possibly a better chip. Possibly. That's possible. Mm. But again, you don't have the expandable storage. You have uh, Apple's yeah. ecosystem. That's another interesting thing with the Note 20. The base Note 20 doesn't have expandable storage. Okay. So that's just kind of Samsung getting away from everything that is like one, like makes them a more popular and more sexy option than a Google Pixel. Yeah. The, the Note 20 is an entirely uncompelling product. Because, yeah, like you talked about, even the iPhone can beat it on a couple specs. But you also consider phones like the OnePlus 8 Pro or its own sibling, the S20. Yeah. Or any of the even, I mean, I guess like the Pixel 4 definitely doesn't compete. But the Asus ROG phone, the Asus ROG Phone 3 we talked about, it'll destroy the Note 20 in every single spec for the same price. Yeah, I can't argue with you on the ROG phone because really that is a spec king killer. And I remember last time that they came out with when you texted me about it and it was almost like you came in your pants because you were so like excited about the specs and and all that because on paper it's an amazing phone yep so it's still still to this day it will still destroy just about anything on the just on the specs alone yep and when you're talking about specs then okay so let's let's move on to the s20 or the note 20 ultra because that is the more compelling product on paper Right, because you're getting the same processor, the 865 plus or Xenos 990, but you're getting the same 40, 1440p or 120 hertz screen. You're getting the 12 gigs of RAM. You're getting up to 512 gigs internal with expandable storage. Your battery size is a bit bigger. Your pen's a bit faster. Your cameras are higher resolution, and it's thirteen hundred dollars. But interestingly, some of the same issues arise when you start comparing it to its own sibling. Oh, like it's still cheaper than the S20 Ultra. Right. It, and it's cheaper because it makes some compromises. Let me, let me ask you a question. If right now in this moment you had an opportunity to buy, let's say you're coming from a Pixel 3, mm -hmm. you had the opportunity to buy the S20 Ultra or the Note 20 Ultra, which do you buy? Knowing you have enough money to pay for both. Right, right. Or, well, to pay for one. It's honestly a tough decision because there's only a few things that the Note 20 Ultra offers that are actually improvements over the S20 Ultra. So they go toe-to-toe -to -toe in most of their specs. The only big things that the Note 20 does better is it adds laser autofocus because autofocus was an issue on the S20 Ultra. It adds the ultra-wideband chip, which if you don't know what that is, it's essentially a really 
short range, high frequency broadcasting system where it can communicate large amounts of data over very short distances with other compatible devices. So nearby phone-to-phone sharing can be super quick and super effective with that. It also can be used for things like digital car keys or home security or that type of stuff. So that's nice to have, even though not much stuff uses it yet. And it has a pen. Yeah, I never see myself using a fucking pen. See, I, I had a Note 5, and I think I talked about it last time. Of all the phones I've ever had, it was the one that I was infatuated with most at the time that I had it. It was an amazing phone. I loved it. But a lot of what I loved about it wasn't necessarily the pen. I did use it every now and then just because it's fun to take it out and click it. And it it has uses. But I mostly just loved it because of how incredible the hardware was. But I, I don't think that it's really worth paying for that pen unless you have a particular use case for it. Well, the thing is, is like, you're really, the issue wouldn't necessarily be paying extra to get those features. Because to get those features, you would actually be saving, what, 100 to $200? That's true, right? So the compromises that you're making for that $100, because you are saving money. So, okay, yeah, let's, let's do pros, cons. Pros, you're getting the ultra-wideband chip, you're getting faster autofocus, you're getting a pen, right? And you're saving $100. Mm-hmm. Cons, your screen can only do adaptive refresh rate. You cannot lock it at 120 hertz. And you still can't use it at 1440p. You get a 500 milliamp hour smaller battery. You get a lower resolution telephoto camera and you get a lower resolution selfie camera. And those are the compromises that you're having to make. And that's to get the Note 20 Ultra. That's if you're buying the Note 20. Yeah. And that's comparing it to the S20 Ultra. So in years gone by, there would never be this difficult of a comparison between right. the Note and the S-series of phones. there were significant differences. There were always significant differences. But this year is, uh, I guess last year, the base Note 10 was a little bit underwhelming, but there was the Note 10 Plus that was substantially better. This year, it's, it's not such an easy decision. And actually, a lot of the specs for the Note 20 Ultra can be matched by the S20 Plus. You don't even have to go up to the S20 Ultra. And you could actually save 100 bucks and get the S20 Plus compared to the Note 20 Ultra. And then it's even more difficult when you look outside the Samsung line, because again, you can look at phones like the Asus ROG Phone 3 that'll match its processor, beat it in RAM and storage, beat it in battery, beat it in screen. Beat it everywhere but the camera. Yeah, beat it in everything but the camera for $300 less. And you could almost like side install the Google camera app. Yeah, right. And you could fix a lot of the camera problems. You also can look at the OnePlus 8 Pro that's also $1,000, 300 less than the Note 20 Ultra. And with that, you can get a screen that does 1440p and 120 hertz at the same time, something that none of the Samsung phones can do. You get the 865 processor, similar RAM, similar storage, similar battery, plus faster charging and probably comparable cameras. Well, here's the thing though. At the current day and age, Samsung will always outperform Asus in phone sales. Sure, right. Because Samsung has that established, I'm not going to say cult following, not even close, but they have that established customer base already. They have household name recognition. Right. And that's something that Asus really, I would argue, doesn't really even have in the computer industry, which is their main focus. Most people who know of Asus know them through their cheap laptops. or Or they call it Asus. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So that's where, I mean, I don't know how many people are going to walk into a Verizon store and see the shiny new like bronze colored note sitting there. Like, oh, that's shiny. I want it. 
right? And and never even realize that it's not a compelling phone, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of reason to get it. Well, over that's e- the thing, though. It's like my mother-in-law; she upgraded from the Galaxy S7 to a what was it, the Red iPhone 10, just mm. because like it was new and it was shiny, right? You know, but at the time, I'm sure it was a compelling device. Now it's not really. But, you know, at at the same moment, it's like, why would you get that? Because you're now having to switch from everything, from one ecosystem into another. Mm-hmm. And if she would have called me, I would have talked her out of it. <laughs> because, like, you, she, at the time, she could have gotten a Pixel 2 or what, or even a Pixel 3, maybe. And because she's big for photos, huge. Like, she takes a fuck ton of them. And... So not only would she be able to use an amazing camera in the Pixel device at the time, but also at the time when Google was still running the, I don't know, unlimited photo and video storage at original capacity, that was still a thing back then. So she could have saved herself a lot of like struggles because like now, like she just texted Kelly the other day and was like trying to figure out like what to do with her photos mm. because she's running out of storage on her iPhone. Yeah, it's, it's, well, okay. So let me back up for a second and say that it's not that, the Note and Note 20 Ultra are bad phones. They have top-of-the-line hardware, at least the Note 20 Ultra does. The Note 20, I could not bring myself to recommend that to anyone given its price and its competition. The Note 20 Ultra, I could see it being a good phone. And if you were trying to pick between it and the S20 Ultra, it's there's not a clear-cut winner. That's why I hesitated when you asked me that question because I don't know which I would pick. Out of the S20 Ultra and the Note 20 Ultra? Yeah. Okay. Because they do, they trade blows. Like they're close enough in price, they're close enough in specs that it really comes down to your exact personal preferences as to which one that you want. If you have a use for the pen, then there's a clear winner, right? But if you want that locked in 120 hertz refresh rate, if you want slightly high resolution cameras or just slight differences in the the screens or the specs of the phones i mean it it just it's personal preference i mean if i had fifteen hundred dollars to spend on a smartphone i'm sorry it's not going to be a samsung device it's just not Mm. you know what it's going to be the motorola razor yeah the motorola yeah yeah you mentioned that (laughs) yeah how'd you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's the best android phone on the market period (laughs) yeah and i know that you're a smart person so i know that you wouldn't have said anything else i'm a smart person because i use a smartphone made by the smart company google there you go that makes a lot of smart home products yeah can you imagine if if google made a 1500 hundred dollar phone good lord yeah Uh, imagine if they made like stock android with the features that they currently have fuck project solid like that's just a gimmick yeah i mean it's a nice gimmick because it kind of shows what because it kind of shows what technology is out there and it kind of is one of those like stepping stone things. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Who cares at this point in time? Like right. it's just, it's not, it's not a thing. Right. So the other thing is like, if they ever decided to max out their hardware, so you get their amazing stock Android experience, how they want it to be used with, I don't know, specced out hardware. Yeah. I think you and Kendra would just right then and there, your kids would be all up in your pants right there. And I say that because you would cream yourself. Yeah. I, It'd be hard to imagine a, a better phone than that because a lot of the the pitfalls of something like a Samsung come down to slow software updates and kind of laggier experiences and it could be fixed or even like their cameras have got phenomenal hardware, but the auto HDR just doesn't compete with Google's processing. So yeah, I mean, it, that would be that would be amazing if that ever happened. Well, one can dream, but hey. At the end of the day, I still think that for me personally, I think on paper, 
we're judging all these by paper because sure. no one has sent us any review units. Feel free to, Samsung. And Google. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think that for me, I'm still on the Pixel game, mm-hmm. not the Pixel 4, because even I knew that one was a fucking joke. But the Pixel 4a is is more up my alley, and and we've talked about that on a blog post, which you haven't checked out. Link will be mm. in the description below. Yeah, all this note stuff is in a blog too. Yes. So we've got two news articles that we've published today, actually, and those will be linked in the descriptions below. Check those out. Let us know what you think. And but again, at the end of the day, the Pixel 4a is just it's just perfect for me. I mean, I'm not going to know the difference between 60 and 90 hertz, 90 and 120. I'm not going to know the difference. Maybe if I went from 60 to 120 and stayed on 120 and then went back, then I would probably notice a difference. The other thing is the camera in stock Android for me and no bloatware. That's something that I'm not, I mean, that that works for me with the 4a. So the Samsung device is a great phone. Like they are really, really great with their hardware. And I think that's something that speaks volume about them. But when it comes to the software, they just, I don't know, they just can't figure it out. It's almost like they need to stop spending so much time developing bloatware apps and then just get back to stock Android so they can focus on making their own Android experience better instead of filling us with apps that we're not going to use. At least with Google, you actually have like a realistic chance of using it, like Drive and Docs and Sheets and slides and google pay and google maps and all these are apps that we actually freaking use whereas samsung fit no but he uses that one samsung wallet remember when that was actually more popular than google pay and google wallet to be fair samsung pay actually is kind of nice and i say that only because they the hardware that they implement for the samsung pay system can be used with traditional card readers you don't have to use it at an nfc capable scanner it can actually mimic the magnetic field of swiping a card which is kind of cool yeah that is really nice i will say though on android 11 beta 3 ever since i updated to android 11 beta 3 nfc um, google wallet has not been working oh interesting yeah it's fucking annoying okay but no i i definitely think that you know if you want a king of hardware there's still better options than the note 20 line or even the s20 ultra i think that asus has put out a very, very comparable product for a lot less. And with that money saved over, you could almost buy a Pixel 4a and get the software that comes with it. But again, if you want hardware, Asus, ROG phone with a shitty camera, if you want mediocrity, I think maybe the, the Samsung device is for you. If you want amazing software, I think the Pixel game is for you. Yeah, and I think the comparison to the Pixel is a really interesting one to make because clearly Google and Samsung are going very different directions here. Yes. And it's increasingly difficult to justify this kind of a phone. Because I I mean, and I say that as someone who bought the S20 Ultra, right? Like I spent a lot of money on this phone and I love the phone. I It's seriously an incredible phone. But when you recognize how diminishing the returns are when you get to that price point, and you realize how little you're actually getting by going from 1000 to 1300 or 1400 and when you realize how much you can get for under $500 for under $400 with like the iPhone SE or the Pixel 4a it's and in the middle of a global pandemic where millions of people are out of jobs it's really really difficult to make a case for a $1,300 phone. Yeah. It's really difficult to make a case for a $1,000 phone. Well, I think even more so for you, because even though, let's say you were to switch back to a Pixel device and then go back to like a Samsung device or something, you would miss the Android, the stock Android Pixel features. 
oh, I did miss the pixel features going right. to this phone. And we yeah. talked about that on last week's episode. But the thing about it is you claim to be a hardware guy, but yet I believe that the software not being there for you is proving to kind of maybe be a little bit more of an issue for you than you, I think, realize. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you're willing to put up with because you, well, right now with the 4A being what, I think the 4A is the only phone that Google's selling right now, right? Yeah. They just discontinued the 4. They discontinued the 3A. I mean, the 4 was only on market for nine months. Yeah. Imagine that. Right. But at the same time, when you put out a shit product. Right. So that's where, I mean, the diff- the decision is a little tricky because the only phone you can buy from Google right now is a mid-range $350 phone. And it hasn't even shipped and it won't for about another nine days at the time of recording. And then you compare that to the complete opposite end of the spectrum in a Samsung phone. It's, it's kind of hard to make a comparison because you're clearly, they're in completely different markets. Yeah, like and one is way more household recognize in terms of a phone maker right one already has like that market share and that samsung and then when you think about it on a little bit more maybe more of a techie way one software and one is hardware Mm -hmm. there's not really a clearly defined middleman on that one it's unfortunate you have to pick between the two one plus offers something kind of in the middle you do get a pretty clean software experience and you do get pretty good hardware but they can be kind of hit or miss as to whether or not they're even available in the U.S. Mm. You have Asus that can offer some really good hardware and not quite as clean software and also comes with some kind of weird compromises and questionable future support in terms of software updates. So I find Samsung products compelling because of the level of hardware that they can offer and because you know that you're going to get support for future devices. I think with the new Note line, they're offering three years of support. Which is typically what Google offers with their Pixel devices. Right. So you get the kind of stability that comes with the larger brand. You get massive levels of hardware quality, but you have to make software compromises. Whereas right now with Google, you have to make hardware compromises to get the good software. So it, as all things seem to end up being, it's, it's kind of personal preference. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode, guys. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at the fanboy pod. Check our website out. We've got news articles now that will be linked below about the Google Pixel 4a written by me and then the Note 20 and Note 20 Ultra by Tom. And check those out. Those links will be in the description below. You can also find links to our social media in the description below. And let us know what you think. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. And what else you got for me, Tommy? I think that's about it. Wear a mask. Yeah, there you go. Wear a mask. Don't be a dick. Definitely. (laughs) Bye, Felicia. Remember, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms as well as online at unbiasedfanboys.com and on social media at the Fanboy Pod. And feel free to let us know your thoughts about the topic or our podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So drop us a message on social media or on our website. Don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Have a good day. Adios, amigos. 